The following episode may contain inappropriate material. Listener discretion is advised. Do I, am I starting to look pudgy? Why are you muted, John? You're just talking to the air. John's like, I'm muted. I'm just going to not talk to you at all, Jason. I, you know what? I'm muted because I refuse to answer that question because that question is a slippery slope. If I say, yes, you look like you are a little bit pudgy, you're going to be mad at me. And if I say, no, you don't look a little bit pudgy, then I'm lying. I don't know. You're I've got pudgy. a lot of questions about the end of this episode, and the reason I'm saying that now is because I don't want you to let me forget to talk about it at the end. Because, yeah, I don't think that the ending would go down the way the ending went down, but um, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing I okay. should probably tell people who they are. Welcome to Matt Talk, everybody. <laughs> Jason and John here. We we got a guest today. I'm super excited. He's going to be on this week and the next episode, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, man, it's been chill here. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's I, listening. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, Jason? Uh, it was chill. Yeah, good. Okay. Mine was a little hectic, but... You know, it's a long story, folks. We don't want to, we'll just say car problems, commuting to Thanksgiving, and then unfortunately returning to a very sick doggy who unfortunately I think is going to have to be uh, uh, euthanized. Uh, yeah, that's uh, sad. It's it sad. is. It is, dude. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm not, this is not a joke. I'm sorry. I got a little misty there. Um, he's just been for the last month kind of not doing real well. And while we were gone at Thanksgiving, the, uh, the wheels fell off the wagon, so to speak. And so, um, you know, it sucks. But he's 10-year-old Newfoundland. He's uh, He's been a good boy and uh, certainly going to miss him. But uh, it's the circle of life, man. It just sucks. It has to happen during Thanksgiving time, you know. Like mm-hmm. on any other random, you know, any other random week, you know, I don't know if it would hit as hard as coming home from Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and, finding him in that sad of shape, you know? So, Well, not to bounce off of that right away, but people always <laughs> ask us, they're like, what What are you guys going to talk about after you're done with Matlock? So we're on season four. We got nine seasons. I just want to show everybody, I just recently picked up Columbo and Murder, She Wrote, for the eventual Murder Talk and uh, Columbo Talk. <laughs> Wait a minute. Time out. Where did you get Columbo at? Um, I So... I, I, you know that I, I jump on whatnot a lot. Well, I've joined yeah. like a, a group and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people on there now. And um, I got them both for 20 bucks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So I'm super excited. Um, I, I should have pulled Matlock out and had that up there too. Just, you know, to have the whole like nursing home collection in the background. But unfortunately, I did not. That's all right. We're a little glitchy here, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Hopefully that's not going to cause any big problems. Uh, at least I hope not. All right, Jason, then should we go ahead and introduce our, our, our guest who's joining us to talk about this episode of Matt Matlock? We shall, man. Go ahead and introduce him. I'm still sharing us on Facebook right now and all the Okay, you, you handle that. That's your expertise. Uh, joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a gentleman that started uh, watching uh, what? I don't know. Hey, Daniel, how are you? He started watching what? When did Good, he how about you? Uh, I started watching Matlock when I was about uh, 12 or 13 years old, I caught it in reruns on the Hallmark Channel and uh, just kind of got sucked in, and, and I'm a Matlock fanatic now. Well, what I meant was, when did you start watching our, our little show or listening to our little show, if you will? Oh, okay. Um, so I think one of the first ones I listened to was The Stripper, which I think was like episode three, two or three, and I watched, I listened to that one. And then I kind of got distracted, kind of got involved with some other stuff and was not really listening to any podcast. 
kind of got back in the groove and picked back up with the hunting party. So there's a lot of episodes I've actually missed that I've got to go back and check out. So, okay. Well, you know what you, uh, you were always messaging us about how much you enjoyed the show and we say it all the time. We appreciate everyone that listens because this, this little podcast is like the little engine that could, it was not really supposed to be what it's turning out to be and we love it we we jason i know i can speak for him and we love doing the show and it's a total surprise that it took off like it did but that's that's why we love doing it because of people like you and all the other listeners out there and um it probably would be an appropriate segue to tell everyone that's watching and listening to this hey drop some comments all right we got the the comments uh, open for people to tell us whether they enjoy the show they don't like the show whatever they they love andy griffith they don't like jason um etc <laughs> they want us to stop bantering john and get on with the episode <laughs> that was one That's of my our favorite feedback. feedback that i've ever received for the show stop talking about anything but matlock <laughs> <laughs> no to my my favorite you know what my favorite is because again it's going to rear its ugly head again and that's when we did reviews a few a few episodes ago, we had that one individual who was very upset with the sexiness of, of Matlock, which I don't think those, those two words have ever gone together in a sentence before. Sexiness and Matlock. But right here, that's what's happening. Sexy time with Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, you got everything set to go over there. I do. Well, Daniel, this is one of the episodes that was special to you, right? Uh, yes, it was. Can you tell us why? Um, to be honest, I just kind of I stumbled across it in reruns, and I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. I liked it because it felt more like a Columbo movie, kind of because you pretty much know from the get go who the killer is. And I just I I feel like the killer in this episode, in a way, I kind of felt bad for the guy, in a weird sort of way. I mean, he. As we'll find out, he did a lot of screwed up stuff, but I i don't know. I just kind of felt like Ben feels for him at the end of the episode, and I, and I kind of did too. I kind of felt bad for the guy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, he, he did do kind of some really crappy stuff, but we'll we'll get into that later on. Uh, Daniel, you also have another favorite that you said that you enjoyed watching. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that episode? Uh, yes, The Kidnapper. Uh, now – that was that was due to um when i was a kid i think my dad had recorded that episode off of like nbc he was bad about like taping literally everything on vhs like everything and just keeping it and he still got these tapes to this day and so i remember the scene at the very end and i won't spoil it you know for anybody that hasn't gone and watched that episode but basically the scene where the killer meets what happens to him at that very end. I just remember that scene. And I remember I caught that episode in reruns. I was like, Oh, that's that episode that I remember seeing like when I was like six or seven, I knew it was Matlock, but that's really the only thing I knew about it. So that's why it means a lot to me. Cause it's, it's a clip show and you know, typically clip shows are kind of throwaway shows, but in that sense, that's why I like it. It's just kind of sentimental to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we both, uh, Jason and I both have shared that there's a lot of nostalgia in our love of Matlock. Um, Jason, you watched it with your grand grandmother or grandfather? Um, both. And both. Um, in home from school, sick. Matlock was always on. And likewise, I kind of rediscovered the show um, at my brother's house one, um, one Christmas because he didn't have cable. So it was like, you know, it's replayed on me TV a lot. And so there was just something about it that, that hooked me. So... You know, it's uh it's a great show and uh you know that's why when we decided to do it we were gonna go uh throw ourselves in the deep end of the pool and, and start with episode one and work our way through nine seasons, which I'm glad Jason you have already picked out our next projects for nine years from now. Five five years, John, five years from now. Oh yeah, because we're on season four. Okay. I'm not a math guy, leave me alone. All right, that was Okay, five years from now. Five years from now, you'll be what, 37? And I'll be 84? 
Yeah. But you will be 84. I will not be 37. <laughs> I'll be turning 29 for like the 16th time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you will be. All right. Well, then, gentlemen, are we ready to get things started here? We are, man. Let's do this. All grab right, your then hot dogs. Let's go. <laughs> grab your hot dogs. I like that. That's <laughs> that should be a catchphrase. We can see that on a shirt. Grab your hot dogs. Anyways, it's now time for our opening statements. The uh the name of the episode is called The Victim, and the original air date, I believe, is January 21st, 1990. That doesn't seem right. I'll research that. That doesn't seem right. Jason, can you research that for me? That doesn't seem right. I think we already had a January 21st last time. Maybe they uh, aired uh, two episodes. I don't know. Maybe. That doesn't seem correct. It, it could be me. But while you're doing that, let's talk. January about 23rd, 1990. Is that what you just said? I said 21st, so I wrote it down wrong. January 23rd, 1990. Thank you, Jason. Well, let's talk about some guest stars. Our first guest star is a actress by the name of Montrose Haggins. And she plays the very small role of the maid. But this young lady has quite a resume. She was Bess in the movie Say Anything. She was Grandma Jenkins in the original Coming to America. She was Ms. Coretta Jackson on the uh, Disney Channel show The Fabulous Jet Jackson and Jet Jackson the movie. Uh, she was also Mrs. Green on The Parenthood. Mama Saint of the Sinbad Show. There you go. I knew you'd love that one, Jason, the Sinbad Show. And a ton of other uh, credits. So any of those other credits, Jason or Daniel, you'd like to discuss real quick? Dude, she was literally in every uh, TGIF sitcom. Yeah, absolutely. Critters 2. <laughs> and Critters 1, actually. What, Critters, I know, is a horror movie, but what, what's, the, what's the gist of it? It's like, um, it's one of the knockoffs of Gremlins. Oh, is it? Okay. All right, then. Let's move on to our second uh, guest star. Uh, Caitlin O'Haney will be playing the role of Mrs. Estes. You may also know her as Sarah Stickney White on the Tales of the Gold Monkey. Snow White Charming on the Charmings, which was a really bad, I think, ABC sitcom that didn't last very long. Um, she was also Jenny Moffat on Alien Nation, uh, Tara Silman on Murder, She Wrote, uh, Debbie Hoffman on Saint Elsewhere, and a few other credits to her name as well. So she's going to be playing a very interesting role. Uh, she isn't quite what she seems. The first time that we meet Mrs. Estes, she presents herself in a different way than later on in the episode when she gets a little alone time with uh, Michelle during uh, her part of the investigation. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to um, our next guest star, a gentleman by the name of Alan Toy. He was playing the role of Alex Gordon. Uh, he, you may also know, as Walter Wicklund in the movie In the Line of Fire. He's also known as the man on crutches in the movie The Aviator. Uh, he also <laughs> he also was Jack Kelso on The Sentinel. Professor, professor excuse me. Patrick Finley on Beverly Hills 90210. He was also Henry on the Sinbad show. That's right, Jason. I looked out for you. That's not one, but that's two individuals connected to the Sinbad show. I'm not, I've never seen the Sinbad show. All my only thing is that there's nothing more 90s than Sinbad. That's my theory. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. And um, so I, I don't know where the Sinbad show comes from, but I can't think of anything that's more 90s than Sinbad. Sinbad exists in the 90s. There's nothing he's done post the 90s. Okay, Daniel, who do you think is the epitome of the 90s when you talk about uh, actors and actresses? Um, Sinbad, see? I got to agree with Jason on this one, Sinbad. I mean, I was just watching one of his movies the other day, Jingle All the Way, which is a fantastic Christmas movie. And uh, Sinbad is the, I mean, he's the 90s. He really is, for good or bad, he's the 90s. I actually forgot he was in Jingle All the Way. I totally forgot about that. Uh, First Kid, the uh, classic film, First Kid. And um, also, you forgot to mention that Alan Toy was on Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. Oh, I know. So I, I really honestly did not know this. And I actually 
pause the DVD to look this up, like as the episode started, Alan Toy is actually a paraplegic in real life. I I was assuming that maybe they they cast somebody to play the role that was able-bodied, um, but he was actually, uh, which explains why there was also, I think, uh, born on the 4th of July, he had a role as paraplegic number three, which I didn't jot down because I was like, well, okay, but I should have there. <laughs> Jason, you know this what's is, funny, uh, man? This guy, from the moment we see him on screen, is so unlikable. His character, ugh. Yeah, well, I have some opinions on that. Um, Justin, by the way, from the back, just says uh, Jim Carrey would like a word with me. So apparently, apparently, Justin thinks that Jim Carrey could play a paraplegic. More on that as it. Uh, more on that as the story develops, because we have one final individual to talk about. Guest starring on this episode, Patri Allen. She will be playing the role of uh, Kathy Gordon. Uh, you may know her as Wendy on Santa Barbara. Phoebe Hall on Highway to Heaven. She was Eve Allen in the 1990 version of The Flash. And she was also tour guide on a show called Masquerade. I wrote that one down because I vaguely remember Masquerade. And as a kid, thought it was so cool. Do you, either one of you remember that show? I think it was on ABC. I don't. It was it was Kirstie Alley, Greg Evigan, and Rod Taylor, and they were like it was James Bond, but for TV. They were like secret agents, and I remember as a kid watching it. I was maybe I was eighty three, so I was like eight, seven or eight years old watching it. And I thought it was the coolest show ever, but apparently it it didn't. I was the only one that thought it was cool because it only lasted like two seasons. It was done. But so I threw that one in there for you. The Flash TV show that you mentioned uh, she was in. That's a very good show. It, it only ran like one season, but it is it's definitely one to check out. It's yeah, I liked it. I liked that one. I think the reason it didn't go farther is budget wise, because I think it was so wicked expensive mm-hmm. to, to, to produce. But I also liked the the Flash that they ran, you know, over the last seven eight years um i think that that was a very good show towards the end it got a little bit like just recycled which i think all of those cw uh dc shows kind of did that they would they they would start off real strong by season four or five then they started to just repeat the same garbage just with different characters and it became kind of unentertaining arrow i felt was that way um the only one that i really liked and unfortunately they only gave it three three seasons was I really liked uh, Black Lightning. Like, I thought that was, like, the coolest of all of the uh, CW shows, in my humble opinion. My favorite was Batwoman, and then I stopped watching when she left after season one. Oh, yeah, R- R- Ruby Rose left, and then they replaced her. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've heard it was fine after that, but I really dug it. I really liked yeah. the show a lot. Yeah. The only one that I never watched, I never watched Supergirl. I love Supergirl. Well, okay. All right, gentlemen, um, with that being said, those are all of our guest stars. Thank you, Jason, again, for double-checking that factoid about uh, the air date. So I have one question for you, gents. And that question, I need you to give me an opinion, solely your opinion, and only your opinion. So help you. Because if you are, then let's get ready to testify! Okay, should be swing dancing. <laughs> or square dancing. Whatever kind of dancing you do to this music. You know what you do to this music? You tie a damsel to the railroad tracks. That's what you do with that type of music. <laughs> to the train tracks. <laughs> All right, the plot. Thoughts of John are those strictly of John Orlando. And hey, 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 hey. podcast. <laughs> Anyways, the plot for this episode, the victim, is that Ben has a client whose business partners, who has a business partner, excuse me, who was murdered, and it is, and the husband is believed to be the killer. All right, so the opening scene. Um, there's an advertising meeting where a guy's giving his pitch, and there's your standard stereotypical guys in suits sitting around listening to the pitch. And I loved how the 80, they used all the 1980s buzzwords, you know, like all of those words you, that are so cliche now, uh, you know, power suit and stuff like that. Like, I thought that was great. 
And then we find out it's an ad for bras. <laughs> See, nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Shoulder pads, Bad. man. We were in. Shoulder pads were in. So they don't Shol- make sense. Shoulder pads and then bras. You, you. I, I don't know where you're going with this, Jason. Because you're linking the two, the, the to the bras, like in the '80s, women wore, you know, shoulder pads and stuff. So it all connected. Wait, time out. Wait, are you saying that the brazier that goes here had like shoulder pads built in? Like no, I'm just saying. I'm thing? saying like, oh, they're you know that it correlates. <laughs> okay, all right. So you're not insinuating that in the '80s there was literally uh, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm sorry, Jason. Justin's like going, why did you just do that? Why? So there's no shoulder pads like an NFL football player is what you're getting at. Shoulder pads no. and then they have the chest protector. Okay. Now, do you pay all attention right. to our show at all, John? I <laughs> You just did, in John's La La Land. I'm, dude, the week I've had, I've been in John's La La Land. <laughs> Anyways, um, I love how <clears throat> Alex quipped, where's the sex? I'm sure that makes one of these uh, reviewers that we that we heard from a couple weeks ago very upset. Very, very upset. How scandalous you're talking about bras. I missed that line. The where's the sex line. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he says it right before he rips that poor guy like to death. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just rips his pitch to, you know, like, we are blah, blah, blah. And we have this many stores and blah, blah, blah. He rips him to shred. And Alex is even mad at brett howe his business partner because he brought in this schlub that didn't know what to do uh alex calls his home tells his wife he's working late he's gonna stay at the hotel i don't know about you two but when i heard that i'm like hmm someone's having an affair but not who actually was having the affair because i was wrong on that i thought alex was having an affair what say you two i i well i mean i immediately was thinking about uh, when I was rewatching this show, uh, doing a little research for this episode. I, um, I immediately was like, man, there's some high implied sexual content in this episode. So I was a little worried then. Uh, but yeah, I immediately was like, they didn't make it more obvious than that. I mean, I mean, they basically came out and told you that, yeah, somebody's messing around. Yeah. I just thought it was Alex. I thought Alex had like, a girlfriend on the side. I just, that's the way it kind of, to me, that's where my mind went. And then later on, we find out who's actually having the fair. I'm like, Oh, okay. Jason, what about you? I didn't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I didn't put too much into it. I figured that because see, I I'm watching this on Amazon prime. So I don't know if the DVDs are like it, but the Amazon prime one has the, um, freaking previews ahead of time of what's happening so i kind of knew the guy was the killer so i figured you know setting somebody up you need to you need to not watch those intros you need to turn them on and then go in the other room until they're done so stupid man why do they do that all the shows did that back then like they showed you clips of the episode prior to the episode starting like this doesn't make any sense to me i think that's the industry standards in the 70s and 80s that's just what you did I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's silly. It gives away what's going to happen, but it was something that they did. I don't know. If somebody knows out there, Jason, where can they get in touch with us? B e n m a t t a l k at gmail dot com, or through this Facebook page, uh, which is of course Matt Talk uh, Podcast and Matt Talk underscore Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, we have three uh, followers on Twitter now. Everybody, tw- Twitter's not our Twitter game is weak. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Oh, yes. Jason just rem- or Justin just reminded me that it's X it is not Twitter. I refuse to say that X. It's stupid and dumb. It's idiot. Daniel's giving us the X. <laughs> I'm convinced. I was thinking about uh, Generation X, but you know. oh, nice. Okay, I can get with that. I'm the wrestling nerd here, so there you go. That's I'm right. convinced. Twitter was just bought to see how long it would take him to dig it into the ground. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong on that. Not wrong on that at all. All right. Well, we also find out here uh, right after where Alex makes the phone call home to his wife that he's in a wheelchair because we finally get a shot of him in the wheelchair. Uh, and then the, say, the scene kind of fades from a very busy office to the after hours. And Alex is still there working late. 
and he goes and gets the keys out of somebody's desk for something. And that that I liked because it kind of added a layer to the mystery because I was always like, where do those keys go? Where do those keys go? Are they part of the, the murder? Or are they part of the cover-up? Like, where do they go? So I like that. I thought that was a nice, a nice touch. Uh, Alex shows up at the hotel, and he is uh, checked in thanks to the help of the manager. And then later, he leaves. So here's another little wrinkle that I kind of, I kind of liked as well. Uh, so Brett arrives at Alex's place. And there's a dog walker that sees him. And I like that little subtle dog walker because he's going to come back and be a prime su- or a prime witness for, for the case. Here's where I wrote down wife and how having an affair, question mark. And indeed, that is what we find out, that those two are hooking up. It's always uh, the business partner. Why does business partners always sleep with people's wives? I don't, I don't like what you're inferring because I think technically we're business partners and uh, you stay away from my girl or, you know, I'm good. Single for <laughs> life. Proud of it. <laughs> I'm, <married laughs> twice, I'm, not, I'm not ever going down that road again. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm good. You're good. She's All yours. right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, folks, I don't know why that was funny. It just was. So the wife is having an affair with Hal, uh, Brett Hal. And so Brett leaves and we get a shot of Alex, who has been casing his own house for a while. So he enters the house, turns off the alarm and decides to rappel up the staircase using some ninja style stuff that I I did not anticipate. So. Let's talk about this because I think this is going to be the elephant in the room. How plausible is it that somebody would be able to shimmy up a rope to Very. get over top of the banister to be on the second floor? Very. I thought they explained it pretty well later in the episode. I mean, dude's got upper body strength. I mean, most people in the uh, fire departments and stuff, they're trained to climb a rope with just their arms. Daniel, what say you? Um, I liked it. I mean, it made sense to me because, like Jason said, it will come back into play at the end of the episode. So, yeah, it made sense to me. Okay. I had a little bit of a hard time removing or suspending my disbelief a little bit. I I just was like, dude, come on. (laughs) He's going to shimmy up the staircase. I... I don't know. I just, I want to, maybe it'd be better if it was a Batman, you know, repelling grappling hook. That's the word I'm looking for. Maybe it was, it was one of those. I would have been more cool. The least, the least um, unrealistic part of the whole scene was the fact that he got the rope so smoothly up there to climb. But yeah, the climbing part is very like believable. Yeah. Because if it was me, I would have taken like 16 times to get that rope to flip up and around the banister. And by that time, the wife would have probably heard thump, 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 me missing every time with the rope and come out and go, what are you doing? But Alex does sneak into his bedroom where he stabs his wife to death and then strips down from his clothing and covers up his crime. And then we cut to a scene the next day where Lieutenant Bob Brooks comes and he has to tell Alex some bad news. And that bad news is that his wife is dead. Man, oh man, what a great acting job from Alex. Like that dude was, that dude was on it. He's sociopathic with his, with his act. That was, that was good. That was real good. They they mentioned something about uh, a Jaguar, right? Which, um, oh, I, thought, I just want to point out, because this is one of the first times we've actually ever seen this in the, in a Matlock episode where the, um, you know, the guy who eventually, who was accused of the crime he actually has an emotional breakdown over her dying. Like we don't really see that. Usually everybody's over it within seconds awaiting their trial. Like we actually get to see this guy kind of dealing with it, trying to go to the funeral and so on and so forth. And well, well yeah, that was Brett, which uh, that's the thing that the lover wants to go to the funeral. Later, we're going to find out the lover, the lover wants to uh, pitch the idea for the sales meeting. And it's like, no, Brett, no, no. You should not be involving yourself at this time with these people. You should be. That's true. But 
at least like there was some remorse because usually or some. But Brett um, didn't. Wait, 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 wait! You're confusing Brett with Alex. Brett did not kill her. No, I. I that's what I'm saying. But but Brett was upset that she died. We don't see that a lot in oh, that. Talk. Okay. Okay. I get because what you're saying. Usually, usually, you know, they're dead and the lover is just moved on to the trial and totally forgotten that person was even alive. <laughs> okay. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, somewhere here in this in this dialogue between Bob Brooks and and uh, Alex and whatnot is discovered. Some somebody mentioned something about a Jaguar. So that's where, and this is why I like that that idea about the keys being stolen. Cause I thought, well, who's got a Jaguar? Like I kept trying to think who had a Jaguar and where that car would have been that Alex would have seen it or whatnot. So I, I, I liked that. There was a nice little twist. We go to a scene at police headquarters where um, Ben basically says, look, there's not a lot I can do for you. I'm going to take the case, but yeah, the case against you is pretty solid. I like during their conversation just because I'm an immature individual that I liked that uh, Brett said, when I left her, she was fine. I'm like, <laughs> probably more than fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ben, uh, again, he, he seemed, I don't know, like in this last little bit before they go to the commercial break, he seems kind of a little bit judgy. I wrote down, you know, cause he's like, so a man, who is working with another man, sleeps with his wife. What kind of guy? And I, I thought that was kind of judgy. I mean, I guess maybe we're, we haven't had too much judgy Ben in a while, but I don't know. I thought, dude, that's, that's kind of harsh. The heart wants what the heart wants. We go back to Alex's home, and Conrad and Michelle are there to investigate. Uh, Bob Brooks shows him the chairlift and says, hey, this can't be used you know, to get up and down the steps. And poor Conrad, still clueless, is like, well, I don't understand why I couldn't get up the steps. Because he's a paraplegic. Oh. Way to well, go, Conrad. Ben did a great huh? job of, uh, you know, letting his associates know what was happening. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, I'm glad that Ben let his associates be in the episode because you've been on that kick for a while. Oh, my God. That <laughs> they're both in it, man. It's like, this is the... I'm surprised either one of them is billed as a regular for this season. Oh, stop it. Stop it. They have their reasons, all right? Daniel, do you feel this uh, 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 upset as my partner does here about Michelle and Conrad being not as available in many of these episodes? The shows have been great. I'm just saying that they've not been in them. <laughs> I'm I'm a big Conrad mark. I love that character. I loved him in Die Hard, Top Gun. He was in a few other 80s movies. I like Clarence Gilliard. Loved him in Walker, Texas Ranger. I think it's a shame that he wasn't in more episodes of this season. Michelle, as much as this is going to sound like I'm just being a guy, I mean, she was good to look at. I did like that. Um, but Conrad, to me, he seemed to do more of the, like, legwork. He was just, I mean, he was on it. In the episodes he's in, hes he seems to be on it. This one, he seems to be a little bit off. But usually he's on. Who I really feel bad for is poor Julie, because she's like maybe in two episodes this season or something like that. But she's a regular, and she's on the credits every time. Yes, that's a good catch, because you are correct. There, she's been on, I think, two episodes so far. I think I think I looked it up. I think she's only in four episodes in season four. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote me on that. But she's in a very few amount, uh, a handful of episodes. And, yeah, she's you're right. She's in the credits. But yet, where is she? All right, well, we go back to the episode where Conrad and Michelle are interviewing Alex, uh, along with Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Estes. And this is where Brett barges in, pleading his as innocence. And I'm like, why are you doing this, dude? Why? See, you're just making yourself look guilty or deranged, one of the two. Jason, do you have something to say? No. no. <laughs> he, he looks desperate. Is this the scene where um, Alex yells out, you bastard, yeah, or yes. something like that? Yes, I wrote okay. that. <laughs> I love I love this scene because I, I loved any episode of Matlock where they would let like SOB or bastard slip out because 
it wasn't in every episode and you could kind of tell the shows were trying to get a little edgy, but they weren't full blown into like cussing a whole lot. But I just remember him going, you bastard. I mean, I would rewind it like five or six times just because it was so, I don't know. It cracked me up. Yeah. And and then he ended up like chasing him away. Kind of, he started rolling towards <laughs> him and he ran away and I'm like, this is just so comical. And, uh, it was a nice introduction for Mrs. Ette, as Estes, as I mentioned, um, because in a little bit she is going to where she here she seems very very like sympathetic to to Alex and whatnot. But then later when she talks to Michelle, she gives the full details, the real scoop, if you will, about how Alex really treated his wife Kathy and how you know the whole backstory to the automobile accident and all that, which we'll get into here shortly. Um, here's a good comical uh, scene. Ben is in the gym and he's watching a very, very buff, very well put together, very pretty blonde woman lifting weights. And he just stands there and stares because that's not weird at all, Ben. Not weird at all. Because <laughs> Ben's a pervert. I mean, you know, he is. <laughs> well, he's more, uh, Ben is more sex curious. Than, than a pervert, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I think I think that is <laughs> right, yeah, right. He's very curious. I agree with that. I agree with that. Pervert might be uh Matt Slander. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Justin, for that note. <laughs> so then Ben finally finds Alex uh, and he asks if Brett could come to the funeral. Of course, Alex says no, and then you know, we get this little banter back and forth between Alex and Ben about him losing some weight, about where to start lifting weight, which I thought was hilarious. I thought that was really, really funny and give us some nice comic relief through the rest of the episode. Michelle interviews Mrs. Estes, who's a friend of um, Kathy, the uh, the wife. And Mrs. Estes doesn't really like Alex. I like how very subtly Michelle was like, um, um, uh, was there any like physical attraction like could that happen like i like how she just was kind of very subtly going does his unit work still can they make love can they have sex like i mean just it was like so ridiculously dumb like i i just i i chuckled at it but also was like Ugh. Ugh. and then that comes back up later on in the trial actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i won't spoil it but you know it does it does it no pun intended. It pops up. It does. It does come up. But no. <laughs> yes, it does pop up. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I have some notes on that scene too. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, Mrs. Estes gives the backstory about the car accident. There was a horrible car accident. The car caught on fly, on uh, on fire. Alex went and drug his wife out, but the car moved, crushing his legs. He couldn't, he couldn't get out, et cetera, et cetera. And um, basically the question is asked, why won't Alex divorce his wife? And his wife is sitting on $6 million, which is a huge inheritance. And so it doesn't make financial sense to get um, divorced. Estes claims that Alex was a, a nice individual before the incident, and he certainly wasn't uh, after the incident. We go to a scene where Conrad doesn't think that uh, Alex killed his wife. He's like, man, look, there ain't no way. There's no way he could kill his wife. He's in a wheelchair, et cetera, et cetera. Hold ben on, you gets found a the food. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The lunch is coming up. Hold on. Okay. I got it in my notes. Uh, ben gets a little huffy with Conrad and says, hey, why don't you go out and try to talk to the people at the motel? We get a scene of Alex attempting to throw clothes away in a supermarket dumpster but he's foiled by the night janitor. And then Jason, your favorite scene. I have a feeling Conrad shows up with lunch consisting of burgers, hot dogs, uh, uh, milkshakes, uh, everything that obviously is not good for you. And Ben's been like, been so reluctant to eat it. And Conrad's like, don't, but you like hot and he's like, well, I was told I was pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> but he asked Conrad if he thinks he's pudgy. And Conrad's like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I like how he's like, my figure was the only thing I used to have. And like, you know, <laughs> he jokes about it. But um, 
<laughs> Daniel, what do you think about this uh, weight loss dilemma that Ben has? Um, I, I'll be honest. I think Ben was upset because they weren't hot dogs from Charlie. If Charlie had made them, he probably would have been happier. <laughs> yes, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so basically, Conrad does tell uh, Ben that he did find something out that on the night of the murder, Alex got a different room. Like he always has the same room because of wheelchair access. But this night he wanted a, a room that's in the back of the complex. They also discuss Ben and Conrad that the wife, you know, has all this money and that Alex is not in the will. So the only way that he can get the money is if something would happen to her. And so Conrad is dispatched to go follow Alex and this is this I thought was the best part of this whole scene was Conrad just starts packing up the lunch and Ben's like, hey, are you, are you, are you going to leave that here? Are you are you going to you going to eat all that? You, you going to eat all that like a like a small child begging for food. He's like, yeah, I'm going to eat it all. Why follow this guy, this paraplegic who you think climbed the stairs to murder his wife? Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. So we go to the courtroom. And we have the dog walker on the stand, and he testifies that he saw Brett entering the house on the night of the murder. Uh, we also see a scene where the maid is on the stand, and she says, listen, the alarm was always on. The missus never forgot. It always was on. So Ben has another chat with Alex uh, regarding, you know, Brett doing the pitch for this big project, which Alex said, absolutely not. He's not. He's not doing that. No. And then Ben questions him a little bit about the hotel, which I liked how Alex quipped, do you think I'm a suspect? I thought that was very, very cocky, very, but very fitting for that character. Uh, Bob Brooks is on the stand. He testifies that, uh, of course, Brett's prints were all over the house, even in the bedroom. And Ben was like, yeah, dude, listen, if you go to your friend's house, I bet you'll find your fingerprints there, too, because they're all over the place. That's just what people do. But however, uh, the knife was found in Brett's car completely wiped. And Ben is, thinks that's suspicious because why would you take all the time to wipe that off, but yet leave fingerprints all over the place inside the house, which he's got a very valid point. Mm -hmm. uh, ben is <laughs> doing Ben things, shall we say. He starts spinning a yarn and the prosecutor doesn't like it. He objects. The judge sustains it. Ben keeps on going. And this goes on for like three or four times where just Ben's just like, he's paying. He gives, he gives zero cares about what the judge says, what the prosecutor said. He's spending his theory. Nobody cares. And, uh, <laughs> and then he demands to have a meeting with <clears throat> the district attorney and Alex. And that meeting was all about a $50,000 bracelet that belonged to Kathy, the wife. It's missing. And so Ben wants a warrant to see the safe, the contents of the safe in their home. And so we go to a scene where Bob Brooks opens the safe and the, the, the DA is there. And of course, the bracelet is in there. This is something I'm sure, I'm sure Geraldo Rivera can understand. Opening a safe, finding nothing there. Nice. Pulled back to last week's episode or two weeks ago's episode. Nice, John. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I worked very hard on that joke. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so everyone leaves Alex's house. And Ben chats with Alex one more time. And he goes through the, you know, must have been hard on you, you know, to be a paraplegic. You know, you must have been very angry at the circumstances. Uh, you know, goes back over the, the car accident thing. And uh, Alex, his his defense was, yeah, man, I was angry for a while, but I'm over it now. And yeah, my wife has needs. I let her do whatever she wants, you know, because if the shoe was on the other foot, she would probably do the same thing to me. Like she would let me go about, you know, doing what I need to do. Um, but what Ben reveals is that Kathy gave the safe combination to Brett. And so Brett forwarded that information over to Ben. And when he looked, the bracelet wasn't there the day before, but it magically reappeared. Now, here's my question. This was confusing to me, and maybe Daniel or, or JC can explain this to me. I didn't understand how the bracelet factored into the case at all. Like, yes, it wasn't there. It was there, but so what? Like, I didn't get – I mean, 
Can you help me out on that one? I, I'm completely baffled. It was because it I was really happened. hoping that you guys would help me figure that out because I was kind of wondering the same thing. I, yeah. I paid attention to everybody. Let's just calm down because the killer would have the bracelet because the bracelet wasn't found on her. So, okay. uh, and it wasn't in the safe, has been a thing. So, Ben set up the guy because only the killer could have the bracelet. So, Ben knew the br- safe was empty. And then, obviously, the killer put the bracelet into the safe. What? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't follow. So, wait. Yeah. Okay. Time out. So, let me re- recap what you just said. The killer would have taken the, the, the bracelet out of the safe and no. would have had it on them. Okay. It was never in the safe. The, the bracelet was on her when she died. Okay, but then they didn't mention that in the in the earlier part. Because only the killer knew it, and Ben knew it. And Ben's setting the killer up right now. It gets explained in the post scene. Oh, okay, okay, let's move on then. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Because <laughs> he has the, he puts the bracelet back in the safe that was empty prior to uh, him doing so. Okay. I think they tried to give, like, Sopranos depth to a Matlock episode, and Jason was just in tune, and I was – just thinking, hey, it's just a Matlock episode. It's not going to get that deep. So Jason was in tune. I, I wasn't. I just was confused by because I was like, I don't see where – nobody mentioned a bracelet at all until this point. That's why I was confused. Yeah, no, the bracelet was used to set him up. All right. Well, then let's move on here because we have Alex just randomly driving around town with Conrad on his tails. And Alex ends up using a drive through at a fast food restaurant to try to lose Conrad. There's a decent car chase. Let's be honest. We haven't seen too many car chases in Matlock. So, you know, that, that's that's a positive, I would say. Yeah. So Conrad ends up calling Ben saying he lost me. So Alex is rolling around, along in a rough part of town and drops off the evidence in a dumpster. And so then that leads us to the courtroom where Alex is on the stand <laughs> again his um well how do i want to say it his sexual health is brought up again did i do that tactfully guys did i, did I yeah because he says he okay? can't perform and ben's like well not according to the people that i've talked to that yeah man listen you gotta be you gotta be a stone cold killer to be like yeah yeah um mm-hmm, i i can't function in bed Yep, no sex for me. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's a hard one to admit to, I would think. Oh, okay. We got to give props to our producer Justin, who just said, "I doubt it was hard." Ah, <laughs> anyways, it's a family show, John. It is. Hey, 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 hey! I pushed it. I pushed it. A lot line. of sexual content. <laughs> well, I want that. I want that person that wrote that review to know that we take it seriously. That if they if they're bothered by sexual content, then we're going to highlight all the sexual content because it's Matlock. Darn it. Um, we find out that that actually the wife uh, Alex's wife Kathy was filing for divorce, and her inheritance was huge, and so that would be motive along with the fact that there's the affair going on to kill uh, Kathy. Ben reviews with him his hotel alibi. You always get the the room right up front. This time the night of the murder, you're in the back. You come and go as you please. No one would know. And then uh, I like the line from Alex. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, this comes from Ben. Ben asks him, could you climb a rope? I don't know about you two, but in PE class, we always had to climb the rope in elementary school. I can never do it. Could never, never had to climb a rope ever. Thank God. You, oh. No, but this guy we saw in the episode, he has the upper body. Yeah, well, let me just tell you, uh, nine-year-old John did not have that great upper body strength, okay? No, I'm Thanks. so glad not to climb the rope, man. I had enough problems getting picked on. <laughs> not climbing the rope would have been <laughs> more, more added on to the, the pile. <clears throat> yeah. So Ben claims that Alex set up the affair. All right. He made the phone call while Brett was in the office because he knew that Brett would run over there trying to hook up with his wife. And that's why he did it. And he also framed Brett for it as a measure of revenge. Ben thinks that Alex could have used a rope to climb upstairs. 
He got the evidence of the rope and all the equipment and his bloody gloves and clothing and whatnot from the dumpster. But who got it? Not Conrad, but by another PI working the case. I want this guy's story. I do. I want I want a one-off episode with this guy's backstory. I'm serious. Was Conrad not capable enough and you had to go hire somebody else, Ben? That's going to cause dissension. That's going to cause some hurt feelings, don't you think? Is it just me or did the, the other PI, did he not look like G. Gordon Liddy? You know, no, but I, I he looked like Stacy Keach in Mike Hammer. In that, I I thought he looked more like Stacy Keach, but I mean, G. Gordon Liddy, I mean, that wouldn't be a stretch either. Guys, let's talk about that very dramatic closing scene. How dramatic was that? I mean, that cinematography, that was really cool stuff. I mean, the stare down at the end before the credits roll. Oh, man, I thought it was that was good stuff. Okay, what, so- what? We're here. I, I got to ask. Okay. So okay. The, Let's the go. prosecutor, without like saying, you know, uh, if, you know, pending DNA analysis case files drop, he just drops the case, like based on Matlock's word. That would never happen in real life. <laughs> Jason, that happens in almost every flipping show. I mean, they're like, oh, um, he's right. He Guys, he won. He won. <laughs> he is always right. So maybe that's, but I'm just watching it like, he didn't even say like pending DNA. He's just like, you know what? If he says it, then it's true. Well, keep in mind, we talked about this very early on. DNA is still going to be a relatively new thing coming around in the 1990, 91. That's it's start. It's just starting. So it's not been as prevalent as before, but still, yeah, you would think there would be something like, Hey, uh, hold on for a minute. Let's investigate some of these claims real quick, a little bit further. You would think that, but what some of the other things that you said, Jason, you had questions about. That's it. That was my question. Oh, okay. That would never happen, right? Okay. I'm asking. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen, even in 1990. Daniel, do you have any questions? Um, I don't know. I just thought about this myself, actually. But is it just me, or does Alex look like an evil Clark Kent in a way? (laughs) He does a little bit. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He he also had quite an odd hairstyle as well. I'm, I'm, he did. Yeah, it was it was odd. I was like, hmm. So, all right. Well, then, if there's nothing further, then let's go ahead and get into our closing statements. This is the part of the podcast where John and I will rate the show on a gavel system. One gavel meaning the show is absolutely horrible. Ten gavels means it was amazing. Negative 57 gavels. We are moving to South America and changing our names to Pierre. John, how do you rank this episode? Time out. Wait a minute. We're both changing our names to Pierre? Yeah. Okay. That's how bad the episode was. That's how bad the episode was? Well, okay, Pierre, we got to have a great French-Canadian last name, though. So I'm going to have to work on that. Ooh, how about Pierre Lochambeau? I like that. That'll be my name. Or we could be numbers to it. Pierre one, Pierre two. Well, technically that'd be Pierre Un, Pierre De. You know. Anyways. I just enjoy where you randomly say we're going to be if the episode's that bad. But um, okay. Uh so gavel system here. You know what? We should let our guest go first. Yeah, I agree. What are you doing? I'm yeah, sorry, but, Daniel. I'm sorry for his. I should his have invited name. Daniel to go with us to South Africa. If he <laughs> but you get to Daniel. keep your name. You get to keep your name. We have to change our <laughs> right. name. Right. And I must say, at first, when he said South, I thought he was getting ready to say Carolina because that's where I live. And I was really <laughs> like, yeah, I got plenty of places y'all can come down here and hide out, you know. <laughs> but um, now I, I must say, um, I give it nine gavels out of 10. I would have probably given it 10 gavels, but the two factors that really cost me not to do that. One, Ben does not call anyone a jackass in this episode, which is kind of a letdown because I do look forward to that moment every time I watch Matlock. Who's he going to call a jackass this time? Secondly, um, Conrad, slipping up, digging those hot dogs from Charlie. That, that's the big thing. I mean, it's – like I said, if it wasn't for that, I'd have given it, you know, 10 gavels. But I think the the really the key part of the episode is like Ben kind of looks at Alex. Man, I feel sorry for this son of a gun. Like, in a way, Ben kind of looks a little sad. Like, he knows he had a job to do, but he kind of 
he hates that Alex is, you know, either going to be executed or he's going away for the rest of his life. Ben does kind of look a little remorseful. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't pick up on that. So that, that's, that's keen observation. Um, so for me, uh, again, sticking to five gavels, I went three out of five. I didn't think this was a terrible episode, but there were some things that I just kind of scoffed at and not in a good way. Uh, I liked the acting I thought was very good. I liked that we got a decent dose of Bob Brooks because that, that changed things up a little bit. And I think in my mind, you know, changing up the universe of Matlock a little bit. I do like the idea of a paraplegic killer. I just wish that they could have done it a different way because that was one of my negatives was the silly repelling and Brett's behavior was a negative. And also I think like um, this has got to be like the fourth or fifth time that we've had like, maybe even more that we've had like a really obnoxious, like over the top businessman. And I just kind of feel like, can we can we get a different type of? Can it just be a normal construction worker that's accused of murder or something like that? It seems, I don't know. It seems like it's getting a little bit of a of a cliche. But for me, three gavels. Jason, what say you? Everybody, John is wrong. Um, as usual, John is wrong. Uh, I give the show a four gavels. It was fun. Um, the the repelling thing made sense, John. Yes, paraplegics can also, you know do things with their arms I, I know you don't believe it but i do and um i thought it's fun i thought it was a good episode okay my only negative is uh you know they would never just dismiss the case that easily and even the judge the judge looks so bored when he said yeah we agree <laughs> <laughs> you know he's, speaking he's of so used to matlock's antics he's just like yeah we agree dismiss the case I want to see a scene, and I, I know they didn't do this, but I would love to get a scene of just like the judge coming in and oh, who's on the docket. Oh, God sakes, I got that stupid Matlock. You know, like just throw a fit, like knock all the stuff off his desk and be like, ah, and storm out of his chambers or something. I would love, I would love to see the reaction to one of the judges looking at his docket and seeing that name on there going, oh, you know. So yeah, well, that, that does kind of happen at the beginning of season five. Uh, I believe the episode's Nowhere to Turn. Uh, Matlock does get into it with a judge and uh, actually gets accused of murdering the judge. So, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Isn't that a two-parter? It is, oh, yep. It is. Okay, I remember that one. I vaguely, I do. I remember that one for sure. As I'm watching uh, Columbo, I kind of wish that every episode of Matlock was a two-parter. Because every episode of Bombo is a two-parter. All right. Well, let's start wrapping it up, gentlemen. Uh, Daniel, is there anything that you would like to maybe plug or talk about real quick? Um, I just want to say uh, thanks to uh, Jason and John for letting me come on here. This was awesome. Just uh, had a really good time talking about one of the best shows ever made, Matlock. All right, Jason, you want to let folks know what's going on with 3 Geeks Podcast? Yeah, we randomly took the weekend off, uh, but we were back next week. Uh, about, away wait, stuff. wait, 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 wait. I want to interrupt. Wait, you randomly took the weekend off. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know too many podcasters that put material out on, on Thanksgiving. We usually do. We usually do stuff on Thanksgiving Day. It's just uh, Mike. I, I hadn't even thought about the episode because I've been door dashing so much. Mike texted me in the middle of the day yesterday and was like, are we doing a show? And I'm like, no. <laughs> okay go ahead sorry i interrupted you but go ahead go ahead go ahead we'll Tell be giving away that. mission impossible dead reckoning part one so tune into the show very very soon it'll be fun and i'm going to do more shorts i promise it's just been busy where can they find the podcast at anywhere that you find podcasts type in three geeks podcast okay. you can see me and dustin's beautiful faces every week okay and you can see uh, me getting dirty on horror with Sir dirty oh that you just knocked your microphone over, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the PVD cast. It's my own personal podcast. And um, much like much like Three Geeks, I took the week off because I was traveling and uh, Thanksgiving and, you know, lining up other things that were going on. So I'm back this Thursday. A new episode will drop. So you can check it out, pvdcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. So. All right, Jason, with that, uh, Daniel, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. You'll be back on for the next episode because it is The Kidnapper. And uh, we're looking yes, forward to it, man. So uh, we hope you enjoyed your uh, your time with us tonight. And uh, Jason, with that, shall we get on out of here? 
Yep, let's do it, guys. Everybody stay safe. Love each other. Talk to you soon. And as they say in court, nothing further. following is a joint production of the three geek podcast and john orlando enterprises llc copyright 2023